This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Wam Faraz. Wam Faraz. Wam Faraz. I am Faraz. Wam. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. Let's get it. Wide receivers and tight ends episode. We're going to go over all those guys going into week six. We're going over our rankings. Hope everyone's having a wonderful Friday. Uh, before we get into the news, let's briefly chat about last night's game between the Chiefs and the Broncos. What a great game. Just kidding. Oh, Travis awesome. Kelsey, uh, <laughs> awesome to see the, the, the after the catch stuff, right? It looks like his ankle's good to go. Uh, going over 100 yards. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, man, look, the fact that this is turning into a team that depends on the run is kind of hilarious to me. Like, you have the best quarterback in the league. You give him no weapons outside of Kelsey, so you have to run the ball. Uh, but it's turning into a great role for Pacheco. Uh, 63% yeah. of snaps in this game, 22 touches, six targets. Like, dude, like, this is awesome. This is exactly what you want to see. Uh, according to Fantasy Life's uh, utilization report, his share of the rushing attempts has been above 60% in three of five games. Uh, this week, he saw 89% of the backfield's rushing attempts. Okay, that's 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 nice, right? And uh, yeah. he's averaging 20 touches a game over the last four games. Okay, and he's playing well. Uh, he's top 10 in among qualifying running backs in both missed tackles forced per rush. Uh, and then he's top 10 in yards at the contact per rush. He's fifth in yards at the contact per rush. So uh, he was my RB 12 going into last night for the week. And it seems like he should stay around that, right? That like high end RB two range moving forward based on his utilization so far, like, like especially like over the last few weeks. Yeah, and you just look at the production, too. It's not just the utilization he's getting, but the production is there, too. You know, he's putting up, like you mentioned, solid RB2 numbers. He actually has uh, an RB6 finish in there as well, and that was against the Jets. So that's impressive. I like Isaiah Pacheco. I, I think it's funny. I think he's one of the – you know, he puts some of the most effort into his running that I see a lot of running backs put in there. Like, I don't know if you saw the one post. They were talking about, like, how some running backs have no wasted movement when they run. Like, Isaiah Pacheco yeah. is not that guy. You know, he's like throwing right. himself everywhere when he's running. It's hilarious. But um, yeah, the targets <laughs> are what really, you know, just they, they they stuck out to me. I mean, look at the backfield too. Jerick McKinnon also had five targets of his own. You know, it's really speaks 
to the lack of weapons at wide receiver that the Chiefs have. Because the fact that you're targeting your running backs, these running backs, not that I don't want to crap on Isaiah Pacheco too much, but you have a receiving back in Jarek McKinnon. If Isaiah Pacheco is getting six targets, that tells you what you need to know about the Chiefs wide receivers. Honestly, your best receivers at this point to bet on, if you want to take the over and a couple of the underdog pickums, you know, it's not even worth taking a shot at any of these Chiefs receivers. I'd maybe take a look at, you know, the running backs and see if you could get them some work because They've been killing it these past couple of weeks. And Isaiah Pacheco, I mean, we know the ceiling isn't humongous, but he's been doing the best that he can. You know, it's not like he's 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 been producing at a very, you know, significant level the past few weeks. And I think he's going to continue to do that. He's got good matchups coming up. He's got Denver in week eight after the Chargers next week. Like, it's looking good. Jaleel McLaughlin seems to have earned a role. By the way, like, up until, like, I watched the, watched the game between the Broncos and the Jets, I always thought Jaleel McLaughlin, it was pronounced McLaughlin. So that's what yeah. I kept saying up going into that week. So now I feel kind of kind of stupid. But uh, Jaleel it's McLaughlin. A situation, yeah. No, well, he corrected it for everybody, right? Yeah, I just right, said right, it right. wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he seemed to have earned a role uh, in this backfield. He led the Broncos backfield in snaps. Uh, Javante only led in opportunities 10 to 9. He looked good, though. Um, you know, so between him and McLaughlin, like it seems to be a little bit of a committee between these two guys moving forward. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan had uh, no carries in this game, he only had two targets. Uh, P. Ryan can be dropped if you still have him because he's not the handcuff here anymore, right? So it's like right. he doesn't really provide that much value, even flex value. You know, he he's pretty good in the receiving game. He did his thing last week with Javante out, but you know, Jaleel McLaughlin was the guy that you know you want, and he's like he's going to be the guy. Uh, if Javante ever were to get hurt, that you'd rather have anyway, right? Um, so pre-round can be dropped if you still have him. I think McLaughlin seems to be a potential flex option moving forward. Um, also, just want to add that the Broncos suck. Uh, a few <laughs> pieces of news. Uh, Deshaun Watson likely not playing. Not really sure what's going on here since apparently he was medically cleared before the bye. Something smells a little fishy, but you have to downgrade Amari Cooper this week. PJ PG, Walker will get the start for Watson. They're going up against the 49ers. Not going to be pretty at all. Yeah. Okay. I'm not looking forward to that one either. I mean, regardless no. of who was starting at quarterback, like it would have been a little bit better with Deshaun Watson, but at this point, like even if PJ Walker's a little bit better than what they have with Dorian Thompson Robinson before the bye, like that just gets nixed because of the 49ers matchup. So I, I'm not really looking, I'm not confident in any Browns wide receivers. Or I would have been fine. I would have been perfectly flying playing Amari Cooper in this game as a wide receiver too, if Deshaun Watson was healthy. But yeah. he's not, and it sucks. Exactly. Uh, Jeff Wilson still limited in practice. Uh, his running back coach said that you know he seems like he's ready, uh, but I'm not really sure you can trust him this week if he is active. You never know. Like they could give him 10 to 15 carries in this game. This is a game where they're going to go up. Okay, they're going. You know, they're they're playing against a Carolina team that. It's not that good, and it's going to be a positive game script. And uh, Raheem Mostert is going to absolutely kill it, right? But yeah. Jeff Wilson, they're, they're still, it's still kind of up in the air whether he's going to be able to play. Um, Justin Herbert practicing in full with that broken finger, so that's good news. It's on his non-throwing hand, uh, but it could affect the way that he takes snaps and stuff. Don't be surprised if you see a fumble or two. Hopefully, he'll be all right there. Uh, Austin Eckler is practicing in full. So it looks like he'll be good to go. That's great news. We're going to welcome him back to the scarce amount of running backs that we already have. Uh, Chris yep. Olave practicing in full. Derek Carr practicing in full. We should get this duo going once again. 
Mike Evans got a limited practice in on Thursday. We'll see what he ends up doing today. Uh, a little hard to trust if he plays, but I still think he's like a low-end wide receiver too for me. Amon Ra was upgraded to a full practice, and it doesn't seem like Jameer Gibbs is playing this week after not practicing again on Thursday. Sam Laporta not practicing on Thursday after being added to the injury report. He was fine on Wednesday, not good on Thursday, not a great sign. It's a calf injury. Have to monitor this on Friday. We we did take him out of the rankings because if I had to guess, my guess is that he doesn't play. If he gets eliminated in today, then we'll reconsider that. But it doesn't seem great right. as of right I, now. <laughs> this is really annoying because Sam Laporta, he came out of nowhere and he was like a reliable tight end one. Now everyone finally crowns him like you know a real tight end one. And now he's going to be injured and we're right back to square one. It's like he never even existed this week. So that, that sucks. It's it's terrible. I, I do want to see if he does practice. You know, if he does, I, I mean, with the way the tight end landscape is, you're going to have to start him if he plays. Like, if he does play, I'm not going to, like, think twice about starting him. I'm going to put him in. But yes. I think with the way this happened, it, it reminds me of Jameer Gibbs last week. And I, I just don't think that he's going to play. I think that's just how it's going to be. You know, when it comes up in the middle of the week like this, especially towards the back half of the week, like if it happens on Wednesday, there might be a little bit more time. I know it was only Thursday. It's one day. But that does make a difference, I think. So I, I think that we're going to be looking at Sam Laporta not playing this week, and that, that sucks. It does suck. Uh, Evan Ingram did get a limited practice in on Thursday after not practicing on Wednesday. So better news for him. Uh, you know, he's Mr. Consistent. Um, no, I'm sorry, not Evan Ingram. What am I talking about? I meant to say Darren Waller. Darren Waller um, got in a limited practice. Evan Ingram actually did, in, in fact, practice in full on Wednesday. So no worries there. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm talking about Darren Waller. Sorry. So it is possible <laughs> that Darren Waller ends up playing in this game. And we'll get to those rankings in a little bit. Uh, Miles Sanders, though, uh, not practicing on Thursday. Second day in a row, shoulder injury. And it looks like to me, that, that Chuba Harbor is going to be the guy this week, whether Sanders is active or not. Uh, he's been outplaying him. I think Harbor's a low-end RB2, high-end RB3 type of play this week in a decent matchup against the Dolphins. Obviously, this is going to be a negative game script, but Chuba can come through because he is being worked in uh, on passing downs and in the receiving game just a little bit. Okay? Yeah. Uh, Saquon Barkley, no idea if he's playing this week, man. Like, you would expect the vibes to be a lot better. I mean, obviously, you know, you have the Daniel Jones situation. He's probably not going to play this week. And the way that th this is going right now, you know, still got that huge like piece of tape on his ankle, like not great. Okay, so hopefully he can get like a full practice in like next week. I just don't think he's gonna get a full practice in this week. Can we just like not let him play this week? And then like you know we're trying to decide do we play Saquon or not? You know, and then like he gets like yeah. five snaps, and you're like, damn it! Like I didn't want to play. I knew I shouldn't have played him. Like it just kind of sucks, right? Like, what's the point? Like Daniel Jones is not even playing in this game. Like Tyra Taylor is going to get the start this week, and I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm fine with starting Darren Waller, but like Saquon, like you just kind of don't know what's going to happen here, right? And that's the way I'm treating it. I'm going in this game. And I'm just going to say Saquon Barkley isn't going to play. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm just gonna assume that's, that's the case. Save yourself the headache. I don't think he's going to play. If it happens where you know he does end up playing, then that's going to be it's going to be tough anyway because they're a Sunday night game. So you're going to have to make these decisions ahead of time. And then if suddenly he's active, it's going to re really just be a pain in the butt if that happens. But I think that just going into this week, assuming he's not going to be here, play him next week. That's the only way to really treat it. I don't think the Giants offense, even if he did play, is going to be that good. 
<laughs> they're, they're they haven't been good the whole season. They're going to get stomped by the Bills. It's it's just the way it's going to be. There's not it's much of a ceiling be... in this offense anyway. Terrible. It's going to be terrible. Yeah, absolutely it's like, terrible. It's amazing. We have two of these games where it's just like we know who's going to win. We know the Bills are going to win, and we know the Dolphins are going to win against the Panthers. So it's like tough matchups for some of these guys. But Who has Sigma a better Barkley, chance of losing, Zach, between those two? If you had to pick an upset, chance of losing the Bills or the Dolphins this week. I, I think it would have to be the Dolphins because even though the Panthers aren't that good, they're healthier. So I think that yeah. gives them a better shot. But I'm not. Don't take that as me like saying <laughs> go throw all your all your bets on like the money line for the Panthers or anything like that. Don't go rushing to your sports book and. Place All right. Bets. Well, if you had to choose, if you had to choose one to gov- cover, right? I guess I think we're probably would, going in the Panthers' it's, direction. Yeah, it's a fourteen point. They're fourteen point underdogs, which is exactly pretty crazy. That's huge. I mean, it's a huge number. Yeah, you don't see that so, a lot. Yeah. But I think that's the way the game could go. So I hear that. All right. So let's move on here. Um, let's go to the wide receivers. By the way, I talked about quarterbacks and running backs going into this week on yesterday's show, so make sure to go check out that episode as well. And while you're at it, it just takes one second. Please subscribe to the podcast on your podcast app. Uh, please rate and review the show if you have a minute and if you like the show. Okay, you think it helps. It would mean the world to us. It would make a huge difference, and it would allow us to continue to make the show better moving forward. All right. Uh, at one, I have Tyreek Hill. It's kind of sad not seeing Justin Jefferson up here. Uh, at yeah. two, we have Stefan Diggs against the Giants. Uh, it is nice to see Cooper Cup back here in the top three, baby, against Arizona. Great matchup. Uh, he played his full-time role last week. He ran most of his routes out of the slot. Back like he never left. Yeah. And I, I say this pretty much every time this type of thing happens where you mentioned like Jeff, Justin Jefferson isn't here this week, but Cooper Cup is. It's like the fantasy gods giveth and they taketh away. That's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. But nobody should be worried about having Cooper Cup this high as long as he's healthy. I mean, not a lot of receivers can miss as much time in game action as he did as Cup. And he missed practice coming into the season, too. He missed a lot of training camp. He comes back and he looks like he never left. Like, not a lot of receivers can do that. Like, I would have been satisfied if Cup came back last week, had like a 23, 24% target share, and ran like 80% of his routes. But no, he had a 98% route participation, 37% target share. Like, he just came right back and did what he does best. So he's got a really nice matchup now against the Cardinals. They just had the Bengals get right against them. And Jamar hung 52 on them. So this is a really good matchup. And it goes back to what you said last week when we didn't have this great performance to work off of. Like, who are we really ranking above Cooper Cup when he's healthy? I think Tyreek Hill's the only player right now that I can say for sure belongs above him. I think Stefan Diggs this week, too. You know, it makes sense. He could be above Cooper Cup, but there's not a lot of players. And if Cooper Cup continues to stack performances, like we could see him back as a wide receiver one, you know, in a couple of weeks, especially with Justin, Jeff- Justin Jefferson out. Yeah, 100%. I wouldn't be surprised if he's at number one on my rankings next week for sure. All right. Uh, Devontae Adams is at four against New England. Jamar Chase is at five. Uh, Hoping I can continue to move Chase up these rankings, right, as we see this Bengals offense become more trustable. Uh, It's great seeing him here, though. Well, you know, I put him here. But, uh, you know, on the low, like, this matchup is pretty good, too. The Seahawks are giving up the most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. Uh, It's true. Okay, so are you comfortable with Chase this high? Uh, Like, have you seen enough from Joe Burrow last week? Yeah, I'm comfortable. And I think that the panic with Jamar, it was a little inflated. You know, like Joe Burrow didn't look good. 
past the first four weeks of the season. And then last week in a good matchup, you know, he got it done. But it wasn't ever a straight up production problem with Jamar Chase. You know, he talked about, oh, I'm always open, that kind of thing. You know, he's wanting the ball more. It wasn't like he was catching three passes on three targets all these games and that the Bengals couldn't figure out how to get the ball to him. Like, he's second in the NFL in total targets and target share this season, and he hasn't had fewer than five catches in a game. Like, that's a solid baseline, and that means it wasn't a problem with Jamar Chase. It was just he was underproducing for his volume, and that's also where some of the panic came out of with Jamar Chase. It's like, we're so used to him having these boom games and really just taking over the league, and he wasn't doing that through four weeks. You know, it was proven last week that it was just underproduction because his volume was there. Touchdown regression hit him like a truck in a good matchup. He had those three touchdowns, massive performance. People might be mad about us saying that Chase is back after one monster performance. But like, I'd ask those people at the same time, like, was he ever really gone in the first place? Like, for me, we always talk about utilization on this podcast. The utilization was there. That was never the issue. It was just production wasn't matching up to it. Finally, it happens, and people are worried about having him ranked this high. We've had him ranked this high this entire season, and we've just been saying, when things start clicking, it's going to look just like the Jamar Chase that we're used to seeing. I think that's going to happen. He's got a- another pretty good matchup this week, like you mentioned, against the Seahawks, who are allowing a lot of points to uh, fancy wide receivers. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, man. Uh, and I got Keenan Allen here at seven against Dallas. Uh, tough matchup, you know, no doubt. There aren't many wide receivers in the NFL who are like the guy for a good quarterback. And Keenan Allen is one of them. We saw Brandon Ayuk do his thing last week. You know, not a huge game, but he could have had a huge game if he wanted to. I felt like he was always open. Um, but Jordan yeah. Lewis, you know, uh, the, the nickel corner for Dallas, he's playing well. Uh, but Keenan's going to get his targets, right? I had A.J. Brown here at eight underneath him also in a tough matchup dj reed is back most likely sauce is there as well on the perimeter so he has his hands full uh he can come through in any given week um obviously because he's been doing his thing but who do you like more between these two guys keenan allen and aj brown this week i'm gonna go with keenan allen here and maybe it's just because like 
every time I write the newsletter, I'm looking for like a stat of the day. If you read the newsletter, I do a stat of the day. It's so easy to pluck numbers from Keenan Allen. He's like a statistical darling. It's so easy. He's like awesome for that. So I'm gonna. It might just be me. It might just be me nerding out about him a little bit here. But I'm, I'm gonna go with Keenan Allen. Dallas's defense can be taken advantage of. The 49ers prove that. The rest of the offenses Dallas has dominated. They're objectively really bad. The Patriots, and I don't want to crap on the Jets too much because you're a Jets man, but Jets and the Giants, you know, like they're bad offenses. And I think we're at the point where it's worth questioning whether those numbers that Dallas put up against them are inflated just a little bit. Like Justin Herbert's going to be the best quarterback they face this season. And Keenan Allen, like you mentioned, he's that dude. He ranks ninth in total targets this year. He's only played four games. You know, he had his bye and he's still up there top 10 in targets. We know he's Justin favorite, Justin Herbert's favorite target. The matchup for A.J. Brown isn't ideal either, and you get the feeling that things are going to have to swing back Devontae Smith's uh, way at some point sooner or later. It's three straight weeks for him outside the top 24, and Devontae Smith, that's not a usual occurrence, especially based on what we saw last season where it was kind of swinging either way. I think that at some point, Devontae Smith is going to come back. It's going to come at the expense of A.J. Brown. This week, I think that Keenan, Keenan Allen has a better matchup, and like you mentioned, Lots of points projected to be scored in this one. Yep, one hundred percent. By the way, me- Zach mentioned the newsletter. We sent it out. We send it out daily for free. Okay, so go to upperhandfantasy.com, scroll all the way down, put your email in to the newsletter box, and you will start getting them tomorrow, tomorrow oh, yeah. morning, every day, nine a.m. Eastern time. You will get a free newsletter in your in your inbox. It's going to help you win your weeks. It's going to help you overall in fantasy. Okay, so go check him out. And Zach does an amazing job with it. He puts graphics in there. It's 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 legit. It's legit. Um, <laughs> at nine, Thank I you. have Amara St. Brown. Uh, got that full practice in. Looks like he's good to go. Tampa has given up the ninth most fantasy points to opposing slot receivers this year. Um, they have Laporta banged up, so I'm expecting a ton of targets for him this week. Um, we have two LA Rams in the top ten, baby. Puka Nakua, he rounds out the top ten. Arizona on the low has given up the second most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. So we're looking pretty good for Puka this week. Where do you have Puka ranked, Zach? I have Puka at nine in my rankings, and that's because the Rams have been such a pass-heavy team, and it looks like he's going to be able to coexist with Cooper Cup. That was the word everybody was throwing around um, after this past week. They were like, they can coexist, you know. Two very good fantasy receivers can be part of this Rams offense. And that surprised me a little bit that people are acting surprised. It's like, I know it's early, but this reminds me of like a souped up version of what the Rams had when Cup and Robert Woods were tearing it up in fantasy football back in 2018 and 2019. I don't want to take away from what Woods was doing, but like when you watched Puka play without Cooper Cup on the field, what were you thinking when you watched that? Like for me, it was like, he looks like Cooper Cup. So now you have like two Cooper Cups. And I don't want to obviously project that hard and say like Puka Nakua is the next coming of Cooper Cup. But it's just funny that they both happen to be on the same team and they both play very well. They both earn a lot of targets. Like there's nothing wrong with this. They can coexist. The talent is there enough that you don't have to worry about it. Puka didn't come off the field for one play last week. Cooper Cup was playing essentially at 100%. He had 98% of snaps, I think it was. I think he missed three. So... Stafford's dropping back at the third highest rate in the league. Cardinals are scrappy enough that I think the game script, it's not going to be too overly positive for the Rams to the point where they just can sit back and hammer it with Kyron Williams. I think that it's going to be a game where they're going to be passing all the way through. I don't think you can really make an argument for having these guys outside the top 10. Can you? 
No, I don't think so, man. I, I really don't. Um, and I have CD outside the top 10 here at 11 uh, yeah. at the Chargers. Uh, I can see a bounce back week for the Cowboys offense. You know, Vegas is expecting the total to be over 50. They're expecting a close game as well. And this is a good matchup. The Chargers have given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. You know, Jerry Jones, you know, talking a little smack. He's like, no, I don't think when he was asked, like, do you think CD should get more looks? He's like, no, I think we should spread it out, spread it around a little bit. All right, come on, Jerry. Like, stop it. Right. Uh, you know, do you see CD CD bouncing back a little bit this week? Yeah. So let me just take off the cowboy filter quick. No, actually, I want it on, but okay, that's fine. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Done. All right. I, I think he has to bounce back this week. The matchup's too good. The Cowboys offense has issues though that they need to figure out fast. I think CD Lamb's the answer to those issues, getting him more involved. Why is CD Lamb only getting six targets a game over the past three weeks? Why did he only get five targets in a game last week that was completely negative right off the bat? The game script. Like the answer is obviously to get the ball to your best receiver as much as you can. Dallas is dragging their feet doing that. Just look at what the Bears did with DJ Moore and the Bengals with Jamar Chase. Your top receivers are asking for targets. Give them to him and see what happens. Like That's why I'm still on C.D. Lamb. It's early in the season. I think Dallas can still do the same thing to turn things around for Lamb, but it's just a matter of it happening now on the field. Like Get C.D. Lamb 10 targets this game at minimum and see what happens. I don't think Jerry's going to be talking about spreading the ball around as much if they do. So C.D. Lamb, he's been underperforming, and it's easy to say, oh, go buy him. I think you could, and this isn't a buy-sell episode, but I say maybe go see if you could buy him because if Dallas turns mm -hmm. things around, remember, C.D. Lamb was a monster. He was demanding targets. I think he, he had over 150 targets last year. So yep. don't lose sight of what he what you drafted him to be. It's only been five weeks. Give it time. We've seen teams turn it around, like I mentioned. D.J. Moore with the Bears and Jamar Chase with the Bengals. I think it can happen. This could be the week. I agree, man. Calvin released at 12 against Indy. He had a great game against them in week one. This time he's at home. Uh, London was their home for the last two weeks, so hopefully the jet lag doesn't affect them as much as it affected the Bills in London last week. But, you know, really does run most of his perimeter routes on the right side, and that's where the Colts have given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. Uh, are you okay with Ridley back as a low-end wide receiver one this week? Yes. 100%. And I think we both have him at 12. And that's exact. That's like okay. definition of low end wide receiver one. <laughs> I think that the perimeter matchup is important here because the odds are really tipped in Ridley's favor to have a big week this week. So if he doesn't come through, I think it might be time to sound the alarm if he didn't already. But I'm not going to cross that bridge before we get to it. Truth is, Christian Kirk, he's been taking the targets from Ridley since week two. He's got a 28% target share in weeks two through five. And Ridley's only at 17%, which is not good. But Kirk has a tough matchup against Kenny Moore, and the Colts are allowing the seventh fewest fantasy points to slot receivers this season. If things were ever going to flip back to Ridley's way, like this is going to be the week. And if Ridley has a quiet game, like I said, it might be time to reconsider starting him as your wide receiver one, potentially a wide receiver two. He might become less valuable after this. This is a measuring stick game for him. Yeah, and remember, you know, there was a lot of talk around, you know, uh, Kirk being the guy against man coverage and that sort of thing, right? And, right. and Indy has played zone at a 63% rate, which is a pretty high rate. Um, you know, it's it's typical, but it's high. And like over the last few weeks, you know, a lot of these teams have been playing a little bit more man coverage, okay? So this looks like more of a Ridley game than a Christian Kirk game to me. So I, I think you're you're on, on board with that and considering who they have defending the slot. Uh, yeah. over in Indy as well. Um, let's see. 
Uh, Jacoby Myers is at 13. I had him at 14 last week. Okay, that was a little bit ballsy, but that worked out. Okay, and I like the matchup, you know, this week. A little bit of a revenge game for Jacoby. Uh, so with games, with Jimmy G this week, this year, Jaco- Jacoby is the wide receiver eight in fantasy points per game. Okay, so uh, he's been doing his thing. Uh, do you? I, I haven't seen your rankings, Zach, and I'm curious. And and it's funny because like the the two times I've already asked you where you guys where you have these guys ranked, you did have them relatively close to where I have yeah. them. But I have a feeling that you don't have Jacoby this high. I don't have him this high now. I did look at my rankings because I I forgot exactly where I had him, and I do think he's a little bit low. I don't know. It's showing on the website. I have him at 27. I think I'm gonna upgrade him to a low wide receiver too, probably 22 something like that. I love Jacoby Myers just as much as the next guy. You know, we picked apart, we've picked apart the way that he's been producing this season, and it looks good. You know, even working against Devontae Adams, he's been getting it done. But this is a game that could get out of hand quick against the Patriots. I mean, New England is stalled out on offense. <laughs> like they haven't been able to do anything. They aren't going to be able to keep things close. And if things get out of hand, I mean, they have the Raiders have Josh Jacobs and it's going to be a Josh Jacobs game if they get any sort of lead now the Patriots are also allowing the 10th fewest fantasy points of wide receivers this season that's just a small you know number so I think that you look at what they've been able to do the past couple weeks they put a lid on CD Lamb they put a lid on Chris Olave like I have him a bit low like I said I think I'm gonna move him up a little bit but I think I'm still going to temper expectations here especially with Devontae Adams you know I think this could be one of those games where he gets game scripted out. And that's my concern with Jacoby Myers. Man, I, I don't have that much confidence in the Raiders offense, man. I really don't. I actually think that the Patriots have a chance of winning well, this game. How much confidence did you have in the Saints offense last week? Now, I don't know how you view it, but I think the Saints offense is middling at best. And they look like Hall of Fame ready type of offense performance last week. Like, Patriots are just oh no, one hundred percent. And on top of that, like you know, Derek Carr wasn't one hundred percent either this past exactly. week, right? Um, so one hundred percent. The the Patriots. This was one of the worst games I've ever seen. And you know, a lot of that comes down to Daniel Jones and you know his his Mac Jones. He couldn't do anything. Right. I'm sorry. What did I say? Yeah, I'm sorry. Matt Jones. The other Jones. <laughs> either either Jones, Jones is pretty bad. Either Jones. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> either Jones is not good. Um, but yeah, man. Like like let's see what Vegas is expecting in this game. Uh, Raiders are favored by they're at home. Raiders are favored by three points, which is basically meaning that like these teams are the same team. Uh, it's just that one team gets the three points because they're at home, right? Yeah. Um, that's usually how it works. So yeah, man, I, I don't know. I think this could be a close, shitty ass game. That's kind of what I'm projecting for so this like, game here. <laughs> I, I don't even want to say compare it to last night's game because that wasn't even close like how do you have a non-close game with a total of 27 points <laughs> that's just it's, a terrible crazy. game dude it's unbelievable man i mean like let me see let me see what the total is 41 and a half that that is easily no it's not even the that's lowest true. the lowest total is eagles and jets uh but this looks like the second lowest total of the week no 49ers at cleveland vegas has this game at 36 that, total mm. Oh my goodness! Hammer, hammer the over on that one. I mean, yeah, I think so, man. I think you got to take the over on this one. I mean, the 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 49ers themselves might score thirty. You yeah, know? that's the thing. I see. Yeah, they've scored thirty every game this season. So then you're just counting on the Browns to put up a touchdown. To score six? Uh, I don't know. Will they score six? That's a question. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's questionable. So I, you can see the math there. I think that line makes sense. But oh, as long as the 49ers, like, 
they allow points, some points. Dallas didn't do it, but 49ers have been allowing some points. If P.J. Walker can pull, like, you know, end of game, 69-yard pass to D.J. Moore like he did last year, you know, this year, that would be great. And it would <laughs> be that's what we need to see for that over to hit. I like oh, that. Man. I like that line. I, I think that over-under is pretty good. I might take the over on that this weekend. We'll see. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. I have Adam Thielen all the way up here at 14 after the bonanza that he's been on. Um, I, I do feel like it's going to come gra- crashing down at some point, but he's killing it right now, dude. He had a great right. matchup out of the slot last week. He came through, and now he has a great matchup out of the slot against Miami. Um, you obviously have to expect a negative game script here, which is good for him. Uh, but Miami also has give, has given up the six most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. According to FantasyLife.com, if you count the weeks that Bryce Young started since week two, Dylan has received target shares of 29%, 28%, and 39% this past week. So that's legit. Um, you know, we've seen other older wide receivers transition into the slot and be successful. So this looks like another case of that. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that sticks out to me, too, you know, you mentioned that it's a good matchup, obviously, allowing you six month fantasy points to slot receivers, 10th most fantasy points overall. But the Dolphins are allowing 27 points per game to opponents. That's six most in the league. And that gets covered up because they're scoring a lot of points themselves. You know, they're obviously running away with these games. But those negative game scripts can turn into points for bad teams. The Giants put up 16 last week. Is that a lot? No. But for the Giants, yes, it is. They gave up 17 to the Patriots in week two. Like, if those teams can hang around and put some points on Miami, then I think the Panthers can too. You know, Thielen, I thought that he was going to be the go-to guy for Bryce Young coming into the season. I didn't see this type of thing coming. Like, I was one of those guys. I was pounding the table as Thielen. I was like, he could be a wide receiver three. But right now, he's a wide receiver one. It's hilarious. He's got a 30% target share since week two. Like, four straight top 20 finishes, two top five, like, not at all what I saw coming, but you know, you just have to ride this out as long as you can. It would be one thing if he's coming in to a difficult matchup and you look like, mm, I don't know, this could be the week it comes crashing down, like you mentioned, but I don't think this is going to be it. You know, the Panthers are going to be able, be able to put up some points, whether they like to or not. It might be from garbage time, but that doesn't matter. You know, the way that you score your points, that's actually fantasy gold. If your team goes down in negative game script for receivers, I think Adam Thielen is going to come through this week, just like he's been this entire season. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you play certain bets, and it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with Better Vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place, and not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right. So if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds. Uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side by side comparison all on one screen within one app? And then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision and you're good to go. OK, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the app store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O. So B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the app store today. I have Chris Olave at 15. And just for the record, season long, I'd rather have Olave than Thielen. Okay. Uh, you know, he yeah. looks like he's fine going forward. He does have an injury designation right now that Toke could still be bothering him, but the full practice is a great sign. Um, 
I would put him a little higher if I knew he was completely healthy, if I knew Derek Carr was completely healthy, who also got a full practice. Let's see it first, right? That's kind of how I'm looking at it. But most, you know, he's going to be in your lineup, right? The matchup is not is not great. You know, Texans are giving up the fourth least fantasy points to wide receivers this year. But I do think that Lava is relatively matchup proof, so I'm not overthinking this one. Uh, at 16, I have Brandon Ayuk. He had a tough matchup last week, but the 49ers had no issues at all moving the ball. So this is not a defense that has given up a ton of fantasy points, but you know they've also given up the least fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Are you worried about this matchup at all, Zach, for Brandon Ayuk? I don't think there's a reason to be worried about it because this is a juggernaut on offense that we're talking about. You know, the 49ers are just going to score points, like we mentioned just a couple minutes ago. They've scored 30 points or more in every game this season. If that number comes down to 24, are you going to be that worried about it? I don't think so. It, that's worst-case scenario against the Browns. If the Browns really handle your offense and the 49ers end up putting up 21, 24 points, like that's still three implied touchdowns to go around. I don't think you have to worry about Brandon Ayuk too much. I, I think that it it should lower Brandon Ayuk a little bit. You know, obviously – the defense in Cleveland is good, but there's a chance, and and there's a chance. Like we talk about the 49ers going up, we talk about that total. If the 49ers go up, they might not have to throw it as much like they did last week. But I, I think to get there, it's going to have to go through Brandon Ayuk. I, I like Brandon Ayuk this week. Yeah. I think that the target share, he's been dominating target share when he plays. I, I'm not worried about him, even though there are some signs that might point him to be a little bit quieter on the production standpoint this week. We talked about this, the the man zone splits between Ayuk and Debo, with Ayuk being the one who do, who dominates against man coverage. Well, you know he he does dominate in both, but the way that he's he's he gets schemed up is when the when they when the opposing team does have a you know uh, man coverage specific type of you know when they do play man coverage mostly. I can't even talk right now. Um, just just look I, at Dallas last week. They run some of the most man coverage of any team in the yep. league. And, and you know who else does? Like you mentioned. Go ahead. Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland also runs a ton of man coverage. We saw what George Pickens did against them, right? Who's a man guy, right? <laughs> uh, you can potentially do something very similar. Yeah. They drew up that play to Pickens, and it was just – oh, no. You're, you're talking about the other week. I'm mixing up my teams. Still. This Pickens was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. This was week yeah. two. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. But Ayuk, Ayuk, Ayuk should be able to do his thing, and he should be schemed up in this game. Uh, you know how we should, how we expect it. Uh, at seventeen, I have Devonte Smith. He also gets a little bit of a matchup downgrade against the Jets, but he'll still be in my lineup. You know, he's you know the Jets have given up the second least fantasy points to wide receivers this year. Um, you know, and and they've given up the least amount of uh, fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. Uh, Marquise Brown. He's at 18. He's been consistent. Devonte has had a couple of down games. Are you considering playing Hollywood over Devonte Smith this week? I am. I'm definitely considering a little bit. But like I mentioned, I talked about Devonte Smith. Things needing to swing his way a little bit. If if the Jets really want to key in on AJ Brown and they've been able to shut down receivers, you know, it could go Devonte Smith's way. But Marquise Brown. He's also got a relatively tough matchup himself. You know, the Rams are allowing the second fewest fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this season, but they've been gashed in the slot. Brown run, runs 80% of his routes from the perimeter. You know, he's had three touchdowns the past four games, 10 target game, and one where he didn't score. He's been pretty reliable, and it'll be a tougher matchup this week. I do think that there is something there when you talk about starting Marquise Brown over Devontae Smith, because I think we're going to look at 
the game scripts, the potential game scripts in these games, I think that the Eagles are going to be playing from ahead, and that might not lend itself to passing the ball as much as the Cardinals are going to against the Rams. Cardinals are probably going to be playing catch up, and they've been able to do that. Marquise Brown has, you know, made do with that type of workload. I think that we should be able to see Brown play pretty good this week. He should be able to continue to put up his signature 16 points per game. I'm not worried about about Brown despite the matchup against the Rams. It looks bad on paper, but it's it's not that bad overall. At 19, I have DK Metcalf, and at 20, I have Jalen Waddell. Uh, by the way, Todd Bowles just said that um, Mike Evans is a full go for this week. Okay, the matchup against Detroit for him is not bad, so it's a neutral matchup, I would say. And you know, he's been Baker's guy, so I personally like. I might move. If that's truly the case, if he said he's a full go and he plays like 50% of the snaps, that's just straight up lying. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully he's not completely lying to us. And if he's a full go, he's a full go. And I, I think I'm, I, I would move Mike Evans up here. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's take a quick look here. I want to move Mike Evans up. Okay. So yeah. I'm going to move him up ahead of DK. Okay. I'm going to move him ahead of Jalen Waddle. And yep. I kind of want to place him. Um, between like around like right after Brandon Ayuk, I think I'm gonna put Mike Evans at 17 here, before like, right after Ayuk and before Devonte Smith and before Marquise Brown. That's where I'm gonna put. Yeah, him. I, I like that. That doesn't sound bad. Yeah, I, I'm gonna yeah. look at my rankings too. Then obviously, um, but that doesn't sound bad at all. I think a mid wide. I, I had I had Evans like I was a little worried because like the hamstring injury limited on Thursday, not amazing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he does get a full practice day. I didn't see the practice report. But um, if he's a full go, he's a full go, right? And, yeah. you know, 30, I had him at like 30 or 31 in my rankings because I wasn't sure like how much he would play. I actually had Chris Godwin over him. And by the way, just saying, like since we're on the topic, Detroit, you remember, remember who uh, Adam <laughs> Thielen went against last week yeah. against, you know, out of the slot against Detroit. Detroit. They've been getting taken <laughs> to pound town in the slot. Like <laughs> you can't cover anybody there. Hundred percent. They're giving up the second most fantasy points to slot receivers, so uh, Godwin definitely has a good matchup there. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling. Um, but yeah, let, let's move, move back to DK and Jalen Waddle. So the Seahawks they go up against Cincinnati. They've been pretty good against perimeter wide receivers. They've been giving up the second least fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year. Uh, Waddle, you know, it's less about the matchup and more like, you know, about like you know, you know that meme where like or that GIF where like the like the little stick figures like prodding. Yeah. It's like, hey, like, are you are you do something. Like, can you wake up? Yeah, yeah, do something <laughs> exactly. Like, it's more about that, right? And like, then the matchup, right? Uh, he hasn't right. shown that ceiling that we're used to. Uh, it's going to come at some point. Like, there's going to be a blow up game for him at some point. Um, even though Carolina isn't necessarily like, the best matchup, I think Mike McDaniel can still scheme these guys up, you know, as he pleases. To be honest with you, uh, Raheem Mostert, yeah. if he's the only running back that they trust this week, we could see some scheming going to waddle from Mike McDaniel. But I think he's a top twenty, top. 21 wide receiver for me this week um the rest of our rankings are up on our website at upperhandfantasy.com so you can go check them out there positional rankings flex rankings super flex rankings go check that out uh and a lot more by the way guys i've realized that a few of you or more than a few of you have gone to the website uh over the past 10 days or so to check out the rankings for the first time and you couldn't join um so i apologize for that we had a technical issue that was preventing new people from joining and accessing the rankings over the last 10 days or so that has been resolved and we're good to go now. So uh, you can also get direct advice from me as well. Um, you can just like, you can get my number and you can text me. Uh, you can find out more about that at upperhandfantasy.com. 
All right. Uh, let's move to tight ends. We had Travis Kelsey at one. Uh, that worked out after last night. I had I have TJ Hawkinson, who potentially can be the number one target for Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, moving forward while uh, Jay Jetters is out. Uh, he's at two. I had Sam Laporta at three, but I removed him from the rankings because it doesn't sound promising, you know, that he he's playing. Things can change. Maybe he practices today, so just monitor that. We'll see. Uh, Mark Andrews is like the default guy left from this tier. Like he's at four. Uh, and then the craziness begins, right? Yep. Uh, Kittle at five against Cleveland. Uh, Kittle had a multi-touchdown game last week. Uh, we saw Mark Andrews have a multi-touchdown game against Cleveland a few weeks ago. Uh, Evan Ingram is at six. He's as steady as it comes. Eight targets in four straight games. Uh, neutral matchup for him. Does this top six-ish look all right to you like for the most part like you know the guys that i have after this like cole Komet and you know uh dallas goddard and these other guys like are you are you good with this so far like or or, or is there somebody that you put in your top six that you think that could come through this week no my top six is exactly the same as yours except i have george Hill and Evan Ingram <laughs> flipped that's it gotcha this gotcha, is okay. the nature of ranking tight ends and it's the easiest but also the most frustrating position i think to rank because you know who you're putting at the top and then after right. that it's just like who's it going to be this week like you can't even rely on matchups <laughs> it's just hey, you, that's it's literally what i was gonna say dude week. like matchups don't even like hardly matter <laughs> when right. it comes to these tight ends like it only matters when like you're trying to like dive deep yeah you really right? have to dive deep at that point but at this like <laughs> it's you can rank the top six and everyone else that you can rank them as like potential good start you know potential tight end one and the rest of it is just like people <laughs> that should be on waivers because there's only exactly. four or five uh tight ends right now that are really producing at a level that's like worth starting them in your lineup like most of the time in most of my leagues i wait to draft tight ends like i'd rather just have another flex spot <laughs> at that point i agree like, man i'm gonna get rid of this not very yeah. useful i hate it i hate it um cole Komet, i have him at seven uh, Justin Fields is just on a run right now. Just keep starting to commit. I think too much upside to pass up on. Uh, Dallas Goddard is at eight against the Jets. He had a big game last week. Uh, you know, let's see if he can continue the trend. You know, this is another matchup just like last week where the wide receivers had tough matchups on the outside, right? And Goddard ended up getting all the targets. So we could see that again this week. It could be the main piece again uh, this week with this, a similar scenario or maybe even a tougher right. matchup for these wide receivers on the outside. Um, and then I have da Darren Waller at nine. I, I'm downgrading him a bit, you know, without Daniel Jones and the fact that he has a groin bothering him as well. Maybe Tyrod is just better. Um, but he did target him at a 30% rate last week after Daniel Jones got hurt. Okay, so that's that's good to know that at least Tyrod's looking his way. Um, yeah. Zach Ertz is at 10. He's leading all tight ends in target share with 23%. He has a great matchup this week against the Rams. Maybe I should move him up. Um, but they've given up the six most fantasy points to the position. Should I move up Zach Ertz? I kind of feel like I've been I'm talking yeah. good about him and I'm like <laughs> negative on these other guys. Maybe I should move him up over Evan Ingram. I'm sorry, I maybe think, I should move him up. Yeah. I keep confusing Evan Ingram <laughs> and Darren Waller. Why do, I keep, why do I keep doing this? Because Evan Ingram uh, used to play for the Giants and Darren Waller now plays for the Giants and they're both right. athletic tight ends. Like you know, I keep that's doing just this. how it goes. I, I, I see it 100 percent how that happens. But yeah, I think Zach Ertz, <laughs> it makes sense. If you want to talk about a safer play this week, I think Zach Ertz. And I, I think I gotta. I, I think I gotta do it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make that change right now. Actually, I'm moving Zach Ertz to ten. I mean to nine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Darren Waller. Zach I, I, Ertz to nine. Darren Waller. Tyrod to 10. Taylor was looking 
at Darren Waller late last week, but we haven't seen a whole game sample size. We're not even sure the Giants can be anywhere close to scoring in this game. So I think that you want to talk about scoring. Safety, who you <laughs> ain't nobody yeah. scoring. I ain't say nothing yeah, about it, scoring. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be bad. Well, that's the thing. Scoring as a tight end doesn't matter who you are. Will place you as a top twelve tight end any given week. Like that's just how it works. Like there's so yeah, much man. turnover. Like I, I was looking at stats. I was I was looking at stats. It's like there are only six tight ends so far this season that have had multiple top ten finishes, something like that. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Like it's just been all over the place. Like why is Johnu Smith multiple <laughs> meaning that more than one? Multiple. Yeah, more than more one. Than yes. one. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Okay, if you need a few good streamers, Jonu Smith is probably the number one streamer. Jake Ferguson probably next up. Would you rather play Jonu or Jake? I've, I I want to go. Jonu's been consistent. Jonu's been consistent, man. Jake Ferguson, I think, has the upside though. It's a good match because of the matchup, right? Burgers. Yeah, yeah, matchup. That's yeah. all. That's all I it is you. for me at this point. Like when you're talking about ranking these these uh, tight ends, then we just mentioned the matchups don't matter, but in this case, it does. I, I okay. do think Kyle Pitts came on a little bit last week too. Maybe he showed enough where Arthur Smith's going to be like, oh, maybe we should use him. You know, like <laughs> we've been waiting for that for years, but yeah, I'm still holding uh, out hope. Maybe. Maybe we should throw him in this uh, streamer list as well. Uh, Logan Thomas uh, had one game, so I'm not going to overly, you know, pay attention to that. Like he's good, but like I don't know, man. I I, can, I, I can't trust that situation because you know I can t- see Terry McLaurin gaining some target share back, right? So yeah, you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, if you want a really deep play, I think Noah Fant is like this super deep play against the Bengals. He's been surprisingly productive, and the Bengals have given up the seventh most fantasy points to the position. So if you need a Hail Mary play, I think that's the move there. Uh, you, you're going to see a lot of my Hail Mary picks uh, with on, in a collaboration with Steve from Fantasy Guides over on Instagram that we're posting on Saturday. So just take a look out for that, where we both post Hail Mary picks for each position going into week six. Okay, That's going to do it for this episode, guys. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the whole show. If you made it, uh, you know, to now, uh, if it helped, please subscribe to the podcast, uh, rate and review the podcast. If you enjoyed it, if you didn't enjoy it, you don't have to leave, leave the review. It's fine. Um, so we appreciate you guys <laughs> and we'll be back, uh, on Sunday. I'm doing the lives, uh, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So we'll see you then. And, uh, good luck this weekend. And yeah, we'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.